0: But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me, ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. No one has seen God. It is the only Son himself God who who is close to the Father's heart and who made him known.
1: Emily, thank you very much indeed. A very good evening to you. It's lovely to see you all here this evening. Let's pray together as we look at God's Word. Unto us a child is born, King of kings and Lord of lords, and he shall reign evermore. Lord Jesus Christ, may you come to us now as we look at your Word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're thinking about traditions, family traditions, contemporary traditions, things that still live on in our families, and these are a few, would you believe it, that still live on in my family. Pork pies for Christmas Day breakfast. We have it, and I have it every year. My dear wife still won't touch it at any time of year, never mind Christmas Day morning. Apparently it goes back in our family several generations before I can even sort of Trace it back to farming family. And the idea was they'd have pork pie before they went out back to the fields rather than a fried breakfast or something. So on Christmas Day morning, one of our traditions, the Oatridge family tradition, that Rosanna hasn't yet enjoyed is pork pie. One of Rebecca's families, though, is the Muppet's Christmas Carol. Christmas Eve, for years and years, whether they were in England or Kenya, they would watch together the Muppet's Christmas Carol. So we will be doing that sometime between the services on Christmas Eve. One final tradition that my younger brother and I still do, my younger brother is 35, so I'm a few years older than him, but at home, I don't know if you can see the writing, it says, please put baby Jesus back, thank you. If we're at home, then we will still try and be naughty little boys, and my mum has the manger set on the mantelpiece, and Paul and I will still, each year, try and steal baby Jesus And we will steal him and put him somewhere else, put him behind the manger, somewhere else, down on the mantelpiece, somewhere different, and my mum is trying to work out where on earth his baby is. I'm not sure someone with a dog collar like this is meant to say that, but that is still a family tradition in our house. I hope my daughter doesn't pick up that bad habit from her daddy. Now we're thinking about traditions and traditions that stay with us, that stick with us today, and the reading from John's Gospel, the Apostle John, I want to suggest to us this evening is more traditional than we think. And more contemporary than we think. That's what we're going to think about this evening. It's more traditional and more contemporary. So come with me if you've got a Bible want to look at it, page 88 of the New Testament. Here's what we're going to discover. You see the real story of Christmas. It's easy to think it began 2023, 2023 years ago. But John, Jesus' best friend, the Apostle John, an eyewitness to his life, writes this biography, and you see where he begins. Christmas is more traditional than you think because where does John begin his story of Jesus? In the beginning. And if we know our Bibles, and even if we don't know our Bibles, you flick to the first page of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. What are the first words of the Bible? In the beginning. Christmas is more traditional. In other words, it, it, it's longer ago, it began further ago than we think. In the beginning, and what does John say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. And so if we want to understand what Christmas is really all about, we can't just go to Bethlehem and the baby 2,023 years ago, says the Apostle John. We have to go back to the very dawn of time, to the beginning of creation itself. Because Jesus had a backstory. Jesus existed before he came as a baby. He existed, John says, as the Word. We talk to ourselves and talk to others normally with our words. If we're teenagers and perhaps even a bit older, we might shrug sometimes and some body language to say what we want to say. But typically we use our words, they convey who we are, our innermost being and thoughts. They get things done. We say something and it happens. Jesus is the word of God. He was there in the beginning. He was with God, God the Father, and he was God. And then verse 3. Christmas is more traditional than we think. It goes back further than we think. Verse 3. All things were created by him. Nothing was made that was not made by him. We all have a beginning, don't we? There's a date when I didn't exist. There's a date when you didn't exist. And then you did. But not so with this one, with the Word of God. So what does this mean for us? That Christmas is more traditional than we think. Well, you may have heard of this advert. A dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Have you heard that one? Do you know that one? Well, if it's true what John says, then Christ, Jesus, is for life and not just for Christmas. Think about it if Jesus, the one born at Bethlehem, if he has this backstory, that means he made everything and everyone, the Himalayas and the solar planet, the stars in the sky, the places and people and things in this world that you most love, if actually they all have their origin and source in the word, then Jesus isn't just for Christmas, is he? He's for life. Because... Think about it. If he made you, if he made me, if he made everything, then to be truly alive, to truly live, to in fact even know who you are and who you were made to be, you have to know this one. Because he's made you. Because he knows you. Because, verse 3, all things were created by him, nothing was made that was not made by him. So if you are here tonight... You've been made by this one. And so Christmas is more traditional than we think. And our life and source and fullness and flourishing can only be found in this one. Now, we've got a picture on the screen now of my Christmas tree. Some people in this church have the misfortune of being in my home group and on Tuesday night this beautiful Christmas tree wasn't yet decorated. I must say it was bought by a very very good place, even here in the parish, so it wasn't the fault of the tree. But the tree on Tuesday evening fell over. It literally fell over. We were apologising it wasn't yet decorated. We were very, very glad by the time it had fallen over that it wasn't yet decorated. I was told it was a non-drop tree. I think that was about the needles and not the tree. It's a seven-foot tree. We had a stand that says for five foot only. I thought I'd give it a go. Thankfully, Rosanna was was in bed at the time. Now, why am I showing you a Christmas tree? A Christmas tree is beautiful. It's shiny. It's bright. But it's not connected to its source, is it? It's not living the fullness of life that it could and should and one day did live. And it fell. I got a new stand, went back to the same place, and all is now well. It is standing fine. If you come to my house, you'll be safe within a seven-foot radius of the tree. But you get the point. Disconnected from life itself is where we are if we are disconnected from Jesus. Jesus because he is the one who made us. Christmas is more traditional than we think. Secondly, Christmas is more contemporary than we think. The best traditions, they live on in our lives today, don't they? Whether it's the Christmas turkey from the, the Lily family, whether it's the traditions that you will still do this year, they're a part of you. Our pork pie will literally become a part of me by about 8.30 on Christmas Day morning. And with the Christmas story... It is the same. It is more contemporary, more personal, more relevant than we could ever possibly imagine. Why? Well, John says, verse 14, the word became flesh and lived among us. Verse 12, he says, to all who received him, to all who received this word, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born of God. Many people, and this might be you this evening, many people in our world are in the dark about God. What is he like? Is he there? Is he remote? Is he distant? Is he uncaring? Christmas tells us that God, the one who was there in the beginning, the one who was God and is with God, the Word became flesh. He became one of us that we might become one with him one version the message version of the bible says verse 14 in this way the the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood here's how a little book that we're reading with our daughter this year here's how this book the unexpected gift tries to convey this idea that the one who made all things came And came for us as a baby. Here's what it says Once something that might seem impossible really happened. God, who made stars and planets and mountains and trees and you and me, became a baby. He was still God, but he was also a real baby who cried. And made messes and had to learn to crawl and walk and talk. And then I think the understatement of the literary century, this was not what anyone had expected. (laughs) Do you see what this means? The author of the story of everything, the author of your life stepped into the story. He became flesh. He took on humanity. Everything that is frail and fragile about us, he became. It's the staggering truth that we sung about in He Shall Reign Forevermore. These are the words we sang. Here within a manger lies the one who made the starry skies. C.S. Lewis, that great author of Narnia, in the final book, The Last Battle, said this. Once in our world... A stable had something in it that was bigger, bigger than the whole world. God the Maker dwelt in Mary's womb. This is the miracle, the wonder, the mystery of Christmas. And of course, this is for many the stumbling block that means they can't go any further when they think about the Christian faith. It sort of fails at the first hurdle for them. But as a former colleague of mine likes to say, we all believe in a virgin birth. Christians believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, but on the screen we'll see that materialists believe in the virgin birth of the cosmos. In other words, we all believe in a virgin birth, either of all things, from nothing, or of God's Son, born as a baby. And so Glenn Scrivener says, we all, boy and girl, man and woman, choose our miracle. God the invisible becomes visible. God, the one who dwells in all time and all spaces, dwells in a particular time, a particular space. The babe of Bethlehem. To be flesh means to be fragile and capable of pain. It means to be vulnerable and anxious. To be human is to be disappointed and confused. To grow tired and grow sick. To have bodies that age and decay and disappoint us. And this is what the word became. For you and for me. Christmas is more contemporary than we think because God became like us. God became one of us. God became a child that we might become children of God. The Word who made all things became flesh, that we may know the fullness of His life and His love, of His goodness in our lives, filling our lives, in His glory, filling our lives. You see, humans don't naturally welcome and receive God. We don't naturally arrive on this planet as children of God. John says we have to receive him. We have to believe in him. I wonder if you've done that. I wonder if you would like to do that. I wonder if you want, even if you're a Christian, more of the fullness of God dwelling and living inside you this Christmas time. Because the amazing news is that God has bridged the chasm from heaven to earth for you and for me to come. A former vicar I used to work with said are the two most important days of your life. The first day, the day you're born. The second day, the day you realise why you are born. Christmas is the answer. It's more contemporary, it's more personal, it's more relevant than you think. Because Christmas is all about reconnecting with the God who knows you and who made you and who loves you. And so, as I finish, let me encourage you to think about what it means to receive this gift. Christmas Day, you'll get lots of gifts, whether we're young and old. Hopefully, there'll be gifts under the tree. No falling tree. And what will you do? You'll receive them. You'll take them to yourself. You'll say yes. You'll say thank you. What would it mean for you this Christmas time to receive this gift for yourself? To say yes to this one who came for you. And what would it mean for you, if you're a Christian here this evening, to receive and know something more of that fullness of life and love, of goodness and glory, living and dwelling in you this Christmas time? I'll leave a moment for some quiet reflection, perhaps a prayer of your own that you would like to receive this one. And then I'll lead us in a prayer.